Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Scott Gibson Show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you listen. Hope you're safe and well. Another episode, another week. Hancock is gone. He's gone. He thought he could have his cake and eat it. He thought he could go home to the angry ginger wife. Take the abuse that he receives. I'm not saying she was an abusive woman at all. By Christ, the woman's been through hell. She's had a, a personal life plastered all over the, the internet, all over the, the daily, the, the papers, the broadsheets. Everybody's been covering it. The poor woman's been through hell. But tell me one ginger woman that isn't an angry bastard. Exactly! For all we know, the bold Hancock could be on the run. You know? All he's wanted all his life is to reconnect with that... Spicy little Italian sausage that he met at university. She stumbles in his office one day, desperate for a job. He says, I'll give you a job. But he's gone. He's uh, he's resigned. A lot of people know happy. A lot of people felt that he should have been fired, as I said. Uh, and the Sunday service just gone. Uh, a, a government who will happily let children starve. People dying in their beds. But yet somehow, on this occasion, we've just gone through fucking Cummings and his uh, Vision Express Barnard Castle nonsense. Huh? 
do people forget this bullshit? Do people forget all the stuff went through with Dominic Cummings and then we had to endure the bastard sitting in his back garden? Not even with a fucking shirt and tie on. Dressley just woke up out of his bed giving us a press conference and going, oh, listen, I mean, we just drove up to Bernard Castle. This is, this is from a government who is led by a, a literal human baboon. It, 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 it generally amazes me sometimes the reaction from people in this country. I say this country. I mean England in this occasion. The amount, the volume was overwhelming from English comics, English actors, celebrities, even just normal people that I know on Twitter over the weekend going, I can't believe this government. Need I remind you, as the people of Scotland are happily to do on a daily basis, this is the government that you fucking bastards voted for. I didn't vote Tory. I've, I've voted Labour all my life. Well, whatever it is you're doing, you're not doing enough because the vast majority of you English ballbags continue to vote for the Tories. And do you know what else? I'll tell you this right now. I will make a bold statement. I do not see a non-conservative government in England for the next three, four elections I push. I think you could easily be sitting with 20 years, the next 20 years with the Conservatives. Because Labour are in a fucking mess. Labour now currently, I, I just saw in the paper today, um, Labour are coming out for some kind of investigation into, into whether or not MPs are able to use private email addresses because they are concerned that there are some form of communications and also whether or not information may have been dislodged through Hancock's private email address. This is the party who, let me just get this clear as well, are still anti-Semitic. Nothing that's changed. A part of themselves who not only abuse and harass its own members, but are now going, listen, we should probably get access to everybody's email. I think the Labour Party need to think long and hard. I don't think they want anybody reading the emails, that I'm saying, man. <laughs> oh, the bold Hancock. Listen, do you know what? I hope the two of them get together, man. I hope he just snaps. I hope he goes, do you know what? Fuck you, gets his stuff, leaves the house. My lawyers will be in touch. And uh, him and the wee uh, spicy sausage just fucking, you know, disappear at the sunset and happy together. Also, let's just make it clear as well. He's not, he's not designed for his job. Right, the fucker's still sitting in the back benches. He's just, he's just resigned for the cabinet. For his position as health secretary. I mean, let's not forget, he done an absolute amazing job as health secretary, you know. Uh, he will be sadly missed. Million, we never had one single death in the UK because of COVID. Not one single death. We we were only locked down for six weeks. Our economy is booming. The unemployment level has almost dropped to zero. And that is all off the back of the incredible work that the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, has done. Not a single death in this country. Oh, that's right. Tens of thousands are dead! Not only are tens of thousands of people dead, 
you've got fucking doctors and nurses dropping deed on their shift because the bastards are overworked. <laughs> and then now you've got a rollout of a vaccine that a lot of people in this country, because they're genuine fucking morons, I don't want to get the vaccine. What what hope is there? What, what hope is there for the future of this great island? That's what we're forgetting. Oh, we're a fucking island, man. Know what I mean? I'm watching the football in Hungary. I don't even know where Hungary is on a map. Couldn't tell you. You put a gun in my mouth. I'll say, oh, I might ejaculate. Put a gun in my mouth and point me to a globe. First of all, I'll be like, what a globe, man. Who's got, who's got a globe these days? Nobody. You know, children will never know the joy of spinning a globe, putting your finger on it and saying, see, one day I'm going to visit the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> You'll never know that joy. You'll never know the joy of not pressing your finger fully against the globe and it kind of getting dragged back underneath that metal bar. They'll never know that. I couldn't tell you where Hungary is on a map. Can I tell you? But all I know is lockdown doesn't exist. Sixty thousand in a stadium. Not no fucks given. But here we are, an island, unable to secure our borders, unable to get a health secretary that can't keep his fucking dick in his pants for ten minutes during a global pandemic. Anyway, he's gone. He's gone. And uh, no doubt the next poor bastard that steps into his shoes will just be as shite and in combo as uh, as the next man. Oh, honest to God. I I am... I think I've reached a breaking point now where... I, I, don't, I don't actually know if we are going to ever return to the old way of life. To what life when people will say, I just can't wait for things to get back to normal again. What was normal now? It's been too long. You know, it's been too long for us really to remember what things was like. And also, was life really that good before lockdown? I mean, surely we would want to try and change things, make things a little bit better. No, I just want to go back to the way it was. But I've crossed a, I've crossed a point, I've crossed a threshold, a line, a door. I've gone through a door of despair. The door is shut behind me, and it hasn't got a handle on the other side. And I'm trapped, and I'm moving forward. I wo- I went to the the barbers, uh, the Turkish boys. It's good to see they're back at hiding again. And uh, I had a, a very interesting conversation. I say conversation. I I lay there and listen to the barber speak for a good forty minutes. And let me just say, I want to thank him. Because the little bit of hope that I had that humanity may somehow fix itself or may emerge from this horrific situation better, stronger, ready to move forward was completely and without doubt removed during the uh, head shave and beard trim. Because the uh, my barber... Uh, he told me, uh, he told me, first of all, let me just say, he told me that COVID is not real. It's made up, it's fabricated, it's not a real thing. Um, he also went on to say that people who have died from COVID simply died from stress. And I, now, whenever, I don't know if it's because I'm a comedian, 
um, or because sometimes I, I I like to I'm interested in people. I like to hear people's stories. I I will never shut a conversation down, no matter how mental, aggressive, violent, racist, sex, whatever it may be, any of the ists or the isms. I'll n- I'll never shut it down because if I ever come across a person who is a genuine idiot or a, a sexist or a racist or whatever it may be, there's part of me that's genuinely interested to hear what they have to say because I'm often, I often wonder what has happened to get them to that point. You know, who hurt you? Who hurt you, Omar? Tell me. So his theory is, uh, <laughs> and I, lo- I mean, I love it. You know, I love his theory. And maybe his, th- maybe his theory comes from the point that in the developed West, we have such a distrust for our governments that even when they tell us what they believe to be the truth, we still don't believe them. That's probably the, the biggest problem with COVID. We don't believe a fucking word that any government says. Boris Johnson could come out and he could he could beg and plead with you. He'd be like, I, I swear to God, I'm telling you the truth, man. Honest to God, the Delta Plus variant, it's so bad. Thousands, millions of people are going to die from this. This is just the beginning. This thing's only going to get any better, honestly. We'd be like, I don't believe that bastard. He's up to something. We will never believe them. And that is why conspiracy theories and people with these fucking mad ideas, that's why they're allowed to spawn. Because we don't believe a fucking word the government says. Ever. <laughs> I'm really sorry for getting after that woman. We don't believe you, Hancock, you dirty bastard. So his theory is that this is uh, this is simply the flu uh, mixed with stress. And it's killing people. So COVID isn't, COVID isn't real. That was his opening statement. Uh, first of all, he asked me how I'd been, and I said, I've been all right. And I said, how are you guys co- coping with COVID? And he said, what? And I went, COVID. And he said, you know it's not real. And then I kind of fixed myself in the chair because I thought, this is going to be good. I, I don't I don't want to listen to scientific expert opinion, you know? I don't want to listen to a, a, a national virologist who's brought on in front of the world press to tell me the ins and outs of a global disease that's killed over a million people. I would rather find out the, op- the opinions of an ex-Turkish uh, Special Forces uh, man who now lives in the Leith area of Edinburgh uh, and is cutting beards. That's the story I'm interested in. So he opens by saying it's no real. And I says, well, you know, people have died of it. And he, and he said, have they? And I thought, uh, touche. I don't know, have they? I assume so. And this is when I want to say that it's just the cold. It's a really bad cold. It's a really bad flu. And stress is what kills you. So when you get the cold, i.e. COVID, and you're told by a doctor that you have COVID, your body goes into shock. And it's the shock and the stress of accepting the knowledge that you have COVID that kills you. Now, that doesn't make any scientific sense whatsoever. But let me tell you this. The guy was open up, holding an open blade as he was shaving my neck. So I was like, mate, I'm going to agree with every fucking word you're saying. <laughs> Classic Turkish Special Forces interrogation techniques. 
give somebody a statement, ask them whether they agree or deny as you're holding a cutthroat razor to their neck. Mate, I fully agree, I think it's all nonsense. Um, so he's been on his travels. During lockdown when the shop was shut, he's been on his travels. He got in his car and uh, he got out of uh, England before the first lockdown and he's driven all over Europe. And in his words, no one stopped him at any borders. Isn't that brilliant? A guy, a guy from Edinburgh has just driven all over mainland Europe for the last six months. And not a fuck was given. But as I'm listening to him, I'm just like, what is the fucking hope? Covid doesn't exist. It's all a lie. It's all made up by the governments. And then, in his words, I can't wait to get back to normal. I was like, mate, why would you want to get back to normal? You're living the fucking life, man. You are living the life of Riley. So that, coupled with the uh, a new shopping centre has opened here in Edinburgh, the St James Centre, uh, just as shite and garbage as every other shopping centre you've been in. I was hoping for a bit more. I was hoping that we may have uh, advanced somewhat in our, in our shopping centres here in the uh, in the UK, in our malls, if you will. Um, but no, still nothing. Not even close to any American mall or the Mall of Abu Dhabi. Nothing, just garbage. Same shite shops. Uh, half it's not even open. But when I was walking around, I, I get stuck in a queue. And a security guard came past me. Now, it is nose to tail, right? Nose to ass. People penned in like fucking battery hens. Uh, we're all masked up, obviously. I'm not a monster. I'm not going to put my mask on. But I could see on the other sides there was uh, kind of sectioned off parts with rope where they were, they were forming queues to get in and out of shops, right? And uh, I says to the guy, the security guard walked past him, I mate, I, I think I'm trapped. And he says, aren't we all, buddy? And I went, no, I say, I think I'm in a queue for a shop, but I don't worry. I'm just kind of walking through the centre and see what there is. I says, can I jump this this rope? And he says, oh, no, no, this isn't a queue, mate. This is just the volume of traffic. We're just trying to slow the traffic down. And as I as I looked down the, the kind of the walkway that was on, the level that was on, it, it felt like being at a football match. It felt like, you know, 10 minutes before kickoff, as you're all rushing to get to a stadium, and it's just a sea of people and funny, just tens of thousands of people. That's what it felt like. Obviously not tens of thousands, but certainly thousands upon thousands of people in this shopping centre at any one time. Packed into lifts, packed on escalators, packed on walkways. The Every restaurant in the food bit was packed full. People queuing to get any fucking restaurants. But yeah, we still can't open theatres. No, we can't. Although I should say this this Sunday coming is uh, my first time backstage doing stand-up anyway. 4th of July, we're going to be back at the Classic Grand. Two shows, we've had to split the shows up. Um, we should have been able to have everybody in one show um, by this stage. That was the that was the agreement. And then obviously uh, our bold uh, fearless leader, Nicola, has, um, has postponed things further. Um, of... Also, I'll say this as well, very, very quiet from Hollywood in the last couple of weeks. Don't know what's going on. Don't know what's been uncovered or what's happening in the old Hollywood. They've been very quiet in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, yeah, 4th uh, of July, this upcoming Sunday. Um, got a bit of classic around Glasgow. Two shows, 4 o'clock show and a 7 o'clock show. Um, both are sold out. Um, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I'm, I'm very nervous. 
I'll be honest with you, very nervous. I'm looking forward to getting back on stage. Um, I know what I'm going to talk about and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. So that's exciting and nerves as well. Um, this isn't really going to be the new show. There'll be a, there'll be a few things that I want to run through, a few stories that I want to try. Um, but this will just be, I suppose this will just be getting back into getting back into performing live again. And I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm worried. Um, I'm, I'm sure once I'm on there, it'll be fine. But it's, uh, it's been so long, man. It's been so long since I have done live stand up. It's been so long. Um, try to think March twenty twenty was the last time. And we're now in July twenty twenty one. And in between that nothing. You know, a couple of maybe live streams that we've done online, but certainly not the same. Not the same as having people in the room and audience. And also I think as well how will how will an audience react? Because for many people that may be the first time that they've been to any um you know an an event or, or a gig, if you like. Um. So yeah, nervous. Looking forward to it though, and uh, of course, don't do things by half. You know, instead of first gig back nice and easy, we're now doing two shows, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a busy, busy Sunday. But uh, I cannot wait for that. So this coming Sunday, fourth of July, classic run in Glasgow. Um, get there in plenty of time so you can get in and get yourself seated. The venue staff will look after you. The staff at the classic run are absolutely amazing, so it should be a good one. But. Fucking shitting myself, man. Shitting myself. I don't think anyone would ever argue that domestic violence is funny. In absolutely no way is at all. Unless, unless, because there's always an excuse for comedy, unless the domestic violence is a woman against a man. That's right. Because then it's not domestic violence, then it's just humour. Am I right, sisters? In a world where we strive for equality, the equality that will never come is when there is violence against men. Because that Disney count, it is, say it with me now, altogether, violence against men is just funny. Obviously, I'm saying this with a sarcastic tones in my voice because uh, I find it quite interesting that certain um, news stories or, or incidents that are reported, which are violence against men or whether it be harassment against men, are reported in a more light-hearted way, shall we say, because obviously nobody cares about men. Now, when I saw this um, news story, uh, I, I had a chuckle. And I thought to myself, Christ, this guy is living in his own personal hell. I wonder when he'll find the strength to take his own life. Now, again, we're not making fun or light of domestic violence mental health issues. But I think that this little news story will uh, let you see just how differently things are reported. The headline reads as follows. Mum smashed dad's laptop. Oh, it's getting juicy. Phone and television. Now, she's not just stopped there. She smashed his laptop. She didn't just stop at the laptop. She smashed the bastard's phone and she smashed his television after Funky Pigeon messed up Father's Day order. That's right. The online card service FunkyPigeon.com um, messed up 
by sending, I believe, this gentleman the wrong card. And this woman, obviously, no way violent. She obviously did it as a joke. <laughs> Light-hearted humour. Didn't sit down and say to her husband, what is this card? Clearly there's been a snake. No, she went and got a claw hammer from under the stairs and smashed up his belongings. Obviously a very healthy, happy relationship there. One in which has been reported in a funny manner from the good people at the Metro. Let's read on. Now I should say as well, the uh, you can get this from the metro.co.uk. The picture that they've chose to use is uh, the woman sitting on the sofa with her husband and uh, she looks, uh, she looks, uh, how should I put this? She looks like a scheme rat and she has a hammer and a broken laptop. And uh, she's raised the hammer up as if to say, yeah, this is what I did. I smashed the bastard's belongings. Isn't isn't domestic violence funny? A woman accused her partner of cheating and smashed up his belongings after she opened his post. Now, let's just stop there. Let's just stop there. We, we, we read these things together. We learn as we go, okay? Is, am I right or am I wrong in saying that it's illegal to open someone else's post? Is that is that right or wrong? Uh, it could be wrong. I might be exaggerating that. But you don't open someone's post. Let me just say this as well. If you are in a relationship and your partner, whether that be a woman or a man, your partner opens your mail, that is what the kids call a red flag. Okay? that would be That would be an issue right there. This is going to be a great read. A woman accused uh, accused her partner of cheating and smashed up his belongings after she opened his post and found a Father's Day card from a mystery baby. Kerry, 44, uh, assumed Darren Wilson, 52, had been having an affair and flew into a rage, destroying his television, laptop and mobile phone. See if this Disney end with her being arrested and sentenced, then this article and this fucking media are an absolute disgrace Darren who has six children Jesus Christ big boy uh, you're, you're definitely not doing yourself favours with that has been expecting a card from daughter Darcy 22 but instead got a picture from Summer Ray wishing him a happy first Father's Day pops Funky Pigeon admitted there had been an error and the card was meant for someone else however both Kerry and Darren said there had been issues in the relationship that bubbled up as a result Darren said I was at work when my partner opened it she's a bit paranoid as 15 years ago I was a bit of a naughty boy but I've changed now 15 years later 15 years later and a card that comes through the door for someone else is enough to send her in a rage with a hammer not just smashing stuff up, a hammer. You need to get out of that house as quick as you can, mate. He goes on to say, there it was, a car with a little boy or a little girl on it, no older than six months with pops written on the card. Now, I mean, this is this feels like classic, uh, this feels like classic Metro news here. Darren then says, if they sent it to a paedophile, they would have lapped that kind of card up. What the fuck are you talking about, Darren? I'm starting to think that maybe you deserved your laptop and your TV to get smashed up, you stupid fucking idiot. If they had sent it to a paedophile, they would have lapped that kind of card up. Is, is this what goes through the mind of the, of the average person on the street in the UK? Is that is that what is that what people think happens? That pedos are sent sitting about hoping that they receive a Father's Day card with a picture of a six month old baby on it. 
What the fuck is going on, man? Honest to God. Even when I'm trying to find what I think might be stupid news articles to take us away from the hell that is COVID, somehow it still drags me back into thinking, do you know what? See if we're all completely honest. 85% of the world's population should just be fucking wiped out. Oh my God. I'd love to have been the guy just going on. Listen, gonna go in this house. We've got an address. Apparently, some funky pigeon sent him the wrong card, and she's fucking kicked off with a claw hammer. Gonna go and see if there's a story. Uh, right, sir. Could you just tell us what happened? Uh, well, what happened was me uh, funky pigeon sent the wrong card. But I'm telling you, see if they'd sent that to a pedo, he'd have been fucking wanking all over that. Now let me say this: that reporter should have went straight to the police. See if I'm sitting having a conversation with somebody about how their wife attacked them with a claw hammer, and the first thing he says is. If that had went to a pedo with a laptop, I'm probably going to say, Darren, I think you might be a pedo, mate. <laughs> oh, my God. This is one of these days when I just should not have recorded. There's too much anger in my body. I've, I've been reading too much news. I've been watching too many news broadcasts, and I'm just angry. And now I've read this, and I just think, do you know what? She should have she just hit you by a fucking hammer. She, she should have just ended it. This is, this is what we're fighting. This, these are the people we're fighting to have vaccinated. Darren and his fucking mental Mrs. Kerry. See, 15 years ago, mate, I was a right bad bastard and I was out fucking getting mad in the coke and riding all night long. And, and she's still, she's never got over that, mate. So, see, when that card came through the post, I was like, do you know what, hen? I love you. I'm sorry. And fair play to you. I, I mean, I'm just glad it came to me and no a pedo. Sorry, what did you say? I, I'm, I'm saying I'm glad I didn't have went to a pedo. What a strange thing to say, Darren. Uh, don't check my hard drive. Oh. Darren then says, to be honest, it's quite a sweet card, but this has just started paranoia all over again. Kerry said, as soon as I saw the word pops on it, I thought it was definitely for him. Our kids call him that, and Darren calls his dad that too. I mean, Kerry, the, the woman here, uh, the, the abusive partner, let's call her what she is. She's an abusive partner, right? Let's not pretend this is a jilted lover, a woman that's been through hell. She's a fucking abusive partner. She's certainly no Poirot. She's no fucking Cavan a QC. She's not even a touch of frost. What does it say in the cards? Pops? Oh my, that's it, it's him. He caught his wings, pops. <laughs> she got to go door to door. Excuse me, can I just ask you something? Do you call your grandpa pops or granddad? We call him granddad. That's all right then, next door. Excuse me, do you call him pops? We do call him pops. You do, do you? Aye. Claw hammer, claw hammer, claw hammer. The fucking hammer pop killer. Kerry, 46, from whatever the fuck this is, some shitey scheme in England, has gone on a rampage after she found out that her fat, cheating husband Darren, 52, has been shagging his way around the county. Kerry allegedly went door-to-door -door from the hours of 3 to 5, asking people do they call their grandparents Pops, Papa or Grandpa. If they indeed answered Pops, she would blunt them to death with a claw hammer to the temple. Kerry pleaded guilty this morning at Sheriff Magistrates Court here in Stockport. She will be sentenced later this week. People need... People need help, man. People need help. Uh, the way I saw it, 
Kerry says, it was just too much of a coincidence for it not to be. I was just full of anger and tears. There was a mix of everything going on. I have trust issues anyway, and I would probably say anger issues, as there's been cheating on both sides. Both sides? So you're a dirty fucking stop out as well, you two-faced bastard. What is this? What is this story I'm reading here? There's been there's been cheating on both sides. So you've been out fucking riding and all. So was, are you going to let Darren take a hammer to your stuff? I said this article. I, I should have. I, I apologise. I should have. I should have read this before reading it on the podcast because it's just it set me off. Where does this bastard get her fucking ideas for? I have been out shagging as well, but that's not the point. The point is. Somebody sent you a carbon mistake and now I've taken a hammer to your telly, you prick. <laughs> Kerry says, I just thought, oh God, not again. And with it being a young baby, it must have really happened. How oh, you feel? I'm a recovering alcoholic. Oh, fuck off. Just fuck off. And I'm burying my brother on Friday. Who cares? What's that, What's that got today? Were you smashing fuck at your husband's things. What's that going to do with uh, Could you just talk us through what happened? Uh, yeah, I actually killed 16 people with a claw hammer, but I am a recovering alcoholic. Oh, in that case, go free. In that case, I apologise. We apologise for all the destruction you've done. You're a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> fucking hell. This article. Somebody needs to fucking shut the metro down. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm burying my brother on Friday, uh, so my head's been all over the place. I'm fiery anyway. I bet you were. Uh, I was just chucking anything I could find. The cards had a picture of a baby's face on the front and inside it said, To the best pops, happy first, happy first father's and a father's day. Uh, the day of being my pops, many more to come. The moment I set eyes on you, I knew I had the best pops there could ever be. I hope you have the best day ever. I really love having... What is this? really love having cuddles with you. You make me feel so loved. Lots of kids and cuddles. All my love. Summer Ray. Kerry went on to look through his phone. Jesus Christ. To see if she could find any evidence of him cheating. But she could not unlock it. So she took a hammer to the mobile, his TV and laptop. <laughs> Can he unlock it, eh? Well, I'll fucking unlock this. Shaklocky! What does he love in this tooth? He loves wanking in the fitba. Smash your laptop and smash your telly. The fucking bastard's done it again. Yes, I've been out riding and I've pumped half the boys down the fucking rugby club, but that doesn't matter because I'm a recovering alcoholic. Oh, in the name of fuck. She added, I was caught on his work phone, but couldn't get him. I was even tempted to go down to the office to confront him, but my friend taught me out of it. Oh, you've involved a friend at this point. Amazing. It wasn't until... I saw the email from Funky Pigeon that I realised it was a genuine mistake. It was a massive misunderstanding and I'm embarrassed about it now. Not embarrassed enough to keep this quiet, but I'm still embarrassed even though I've gone to a national newspaper for 50 quid. We've made up now. I would imagine he's made up through fear. Darren said, I've heard of Moonpig, but Funky Pigeon means nothing to me. Shut up, Darren. To them it's a simple mistake, but to me it's life-threatening. Let me just read that for you again. Let me just read that again. To them, it's a simple mistake, but to me, it's life-threatening. Th- th- this is not words I've made up. This is words that this idiot has said. 
To them, it's a simple mistake. To me, it's life-threatening. Saying there quite clearly that he is afraid for his own life. And yet this is a news article that has been painted as a light-hearted piece. Now, could you imagine for a second that a Mother's Day card had come through the post? He had opened that, gone fucking mental, smashed up his wife's belongings, and then the wife is sitting there saying, to them it's a simple mistake, but to me this is life-threatening. He would be in the fucking jail quicker than they can say funky pigeon dot cunt. I I don't understand this. I feel like I'm going mad. I feel like I'm going fucking mental. We've contacted our customer customer to apologise for the inconvenience this has caused and have reissued the card correctly along with a full refund. Oh, that's great then. Fucking hell. Do you know what Funky Pigeon need to do? They need to get this guy in a safe house and they need to get him some counselling, some therapy. <laughs> I thought that was going to be... I thought that was going to be a light-hearted story. I thought that was going to be a light-hearted story and we'd make a bit of fun of it. And now I am generally angered and fully expecting to read an article very soon that that poor fucker has been murdered by his wife, Kerry, and had his head caved in with a claw hammer. Honest to God. Listen, I'm only joking when I say these things. I'm a comic. I'm nothing I say. I mean, I don't take everything I say. I pinch of salt. I'm having a laugh. But for a moment, generally, just ask yourself, is this world worth saving? Now, I know that you... And a good person listening to this, I know that you have a laugh and you got a sense of humour and you might want to come and see me do comedy or you want to go on holiday, you want to have a nice meal. But just, just for a second, just look around us, man. Is it worth saving? I don't know anymore. I really don't know. Moving on to something a little more light-hearted. Or should I say, well, I mean, I suppose it is light-hearted. Because when you lose weight, the uh, the fat uh, 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 capillaries around your uh, around the heart uh, adjust to the... Uh, I've, I've no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, most of you will know, um, because I'm pretty sure I mentioned it quite a lot, I have a love of um, extreme violence. I, I have said many a time... On this podcast, on other podcasts, and even in my own stand-up shows, the only way to solve any conflict whatsoever is with extreme violence. There has never been an occasion, an event, a circumstance, if you will, in history, in present, or indeed the future, where the answer is not extreme violence. And because of that, I love a dictator. Call me old fashioned. <laughs> Call me old fashioned. I like my people fearful. I like someone at the top. A pyramid scheme. A pyramid scheme of fear. Have we just found the title of the show? I think we have. A pyramid scheme of fear is why I love a dictator. They don't make them that they used to, you know? 
maybe it's social media. Maybe social media has not only destroyed the minds of the young people. Social media has has affected their mental health more than we'll ever know. People can't even talk to each other now. You know, people can't even. They're not even having sex anymore. No, they're not doing it. They're not even. They're not even writing because of bloody social media. And now that you can share things, you know, I mean, there could have been a time back in the day when some mad African leader could have chopped the hands and feet off somebody. You know, last kind of Scotland style, hand, sew your hands to your feet and your feet to your hands. Crazy stuff would have gone unknown to the developed West, to the UN. Never unknown. You know, there's probably people spreading rumours around the, the corridors of power. Going, you hear there's some mad bastard in uh, Papua New Guinea sewing off people's hands and... He's uh, sellotaping the hands to their asses and their feet to their ears and then sending them out in the streets. Oh, it's, it's carnage down there. Pop, pop, and you get it, aye. I don't know what it is in a map, but it's madness. Have they got oil? No, they've got fuck all, didn't they? Let, leave them to it then. I imagine there was a time, a golden time for dictators. You know, when they could just get away with fucking whatever they... What is madness? Madness, I say. I mean, obviously... If you had to push for my favourite, I don't know if I've got a favourite. I listen, I don't enjoy or condone what these men do. Has there ever been any women dictators? I imagine some of you live with a female dictator, but I think it's mostly been men. Uh, although that woman, for the, the Myanmar woman, was killing all the Christians, or the Muslims, you know? Uh, how times changed. Remember when she first came in and they were all, uh, she was in the Tapia, a uh, uh, fucking soft top car, getting driven through the streets, and the Americans were like, oh, this is progress. Turns out she's fucking genocide in the, in the back garden. So, if if you had to push me, um, you know, I think Robert Mugabe's everyone's favourite. Rab Mugabe, you know. He, uh, listen, he done a good shift. He lasted longer than most. Uh, su- super crazy. Proper mental. Uh, what makes a good dictator is that level of... It's a, it's a mix of extreme violence and madness. If they've got one and not the other, the, I don't think they're going to have the longevity of Rab Magab. You know, I think that's what really pushed the bold Magab into the higher echelon of the uh, of the real dictator uh, nutters. Because that, that level of extreme violence with, with a pure, pure madness... Rab Magab, let's, you know, let's fucking have a Google up the bold Magab. What's he, uh, I mean, he's dead, he's dead now, you know, probably for the best. <laughs> his, his, uh, his dictatoring days, I imagine, his best days were behind him, you know. Uh, let's have a wee, let's have a wee Google up the bold Magab. Let's see, Robert Mugabe. There we go. Um, what should we put? Crimes. Let's see what this says. Uh, angered by white minority rule of his homeland. Go on, son, within the British Empire. Fucking English bastards. Magab embraced Marxism. Enjoyed African nationalists calling for independent state control by the black majority. Go on, Mugabe. After making, making sorry, anti-government comments, he was convicted of sedation and imprisoned between 64 and... And 74. Ten years in the slammer, and when he came out, man, he went to fucking town, so he did. <laughs> Rab Magab, liberator to a tyrant. 
could be the uh, the title of uh, of, a, of a book. Robert Mugabe, who's Robert Mugabe's father? Who cares? Don't care. Not interested. How many human rights are there? Fucking too many. Uh, how can you say that? Oh, I don't know. I was just looking for fucking. I thought it might have a wee list to let chop chop people's fingers off, stuck them up their nose. Anyway, um, Mugabe's up there. Was was Hitler a was Hitler a dictator? I imagine he was. You know, or was he just a mad bastard? He must have been a dictator. Well, I mean, there must have been some people in 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 Germany back in the day who weren't really into it. There must have been. They all couldn't have been fucking swept away. Nobody's got that much power. You know? Yes, he built the motorways. Yes, he gave everybody a job. Yes, he opened up the beer halls. You know, Germany was thriving. I imagine it was a great place to be. You know? He got IBM in. The fucking Hugo Boss to design the suits. Sharp as fuck. You know? The big SS boys kicking about. Easy to get their hole. That's maybe what it comes down to. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a, a couple of British soldiers hit like here. Wait a minute here. Your uniforms are all itchy and scratchy. These boys are kicking about like fucking some baddest fashion models, man. They don't even need to speak the Queen's English and they're getting their end away. <laughs> it's the power of a strong black outfit. Um... Hitler must have been a dictator. But like I said, there must have been a few people who were going, oh, I, don't, I don't know about this. Listen, he seems like a nice boy, you know that? He comes, he's got an arts degree, he's got an arts background. He's, uh, he's quite, he's a wee bit lefty, you know. Maybe no what we're used to here in Germany, but I'd, I'd give the wee boy a chance. He seems nice. He loves drugs. A vegetarian. Very modern. He's got a nice wee moustache, looks after himself. Um, don't know if he's got a lady. Um... But, you know, seems very clean. And, uh, aye, he's, uh, you know, he's going to completely reform Germany, um, rebuild infrastructure, take us forward, and really all we've got to do is just kill any Jewish people that we see, so that's not too much to ask for, is it? <laughs> so there's a couple of boys sitting down the, the beer hall with a fucking two-litre stains going, listen, I know a boy, right? Hear me out, I know a boy that works in the fucking bus depot, right? And he heard for a guy that's in the Gestapo that fucking Hitler's off his nut, by the way. Honest to God, man. Cunts fucking two bag of coke a night. Eva Braun can't sit down her arseholes in tatters, man. Partly that he's absolutely off his nut. Says he's gonna fucking take over the world, man. The Third Reich is moving. Honest to God, mate, yeah, listen, I wouldn't lie to you, man. Apparently, right, and you never heard this to me, apparently, we're going to invade Poland next Tuesday, man. Honest to God, mate, it's fucking metal. There must have been one or two that were against it. Um, you know, but if you were, I suppose if you were a, if you were a Nazi and um, you were concerned how it was going to go, you, you, you knew what the backup plan was, you know, you knew what plan B was. Plan B, if it went wrong, which it did, was flee to Argentina. I, I, I still think it's amazing that that's not really spoke about a lot, that there are full German cities in Argentina. Like, no, just, you know, most places will have, like, a, a Bavarian pub or like a German beer hall, yeah, we, we sell schnitzel and uh, sausages, there you are, and sauerkraut, nobody likes sauerkraut, mate, yes, but we sell it, you know, so, we make the sauerkraut, and uh, we put it in small bowls, 
and uh, it goes bad, and then we put it in the bin. Uh, but you know, it gives it that real German feel here at the beer hall, uh, Fütenschirken, down in Glasgow Green. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I spoke about enough. Full German towns, like not just like I said, a a one-off German shop or like a wee ger- like a you turn a corner, all of a sudden you're like, I'm in fucking Patagonia, man, Argentina. Where's the gauchos? And then you turn a corner and you're like, in the name of fuck, I'm in Bavaria. You're in Germany. Like an alpine ski hut. Full German cities. Where all the Nazis fucking escaped. I was watching an episode of Somebody Feed Phil. Great cooking show. His father passed away. Oh, God rest his soul. And uh, he's interviewing, they're in Argentina. And he's interviewing this woman who's a food blogger. She's a bit of an asshole, but... Uh, they, she's saying that they sometimes play a game where they try and spot the Nazi. So they'll sit and have a coffee, a cafe, and their friends will just watch old people walk past and then decide if they're a Nazi or no. Maybe they're good <laughs> Maybe they're good stepping. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We've all seen the documentaries of, like, the last Nazis and it's some fucking 96-year-old guy getting dragged out of his house in Miami, kicking and screaming as the family's like, he's lived in America for 60 years now, aye, but before that, hen, he was gassing cunts in a field in fucking Groisberg, so he's coming with us! <laughs> Maybe the ones in Argentina don't give a fuck. <laughs> Maybe they're just... Feinstein, <laughs> mine, Feinstein, goose stepping down the high street like... What you gonna do about it, you Argentinian bastard? Fuck all. <laughs> ma- Listen, not every Nazi can feel sorry for what they've done. There, ma- there must be a couple of them who are going like, see if I can go back and fucking do it all again. <laughs> there must be. Maybe the real hardcore ones went to Argentina. See if I've got to live in this fucking shithole. One more day, I want... A German village, street, pubs, cafes, everything. I want women dressed like German birds. I'm fucking goose step. Listen, mate, you're going to need to tone down the goose step, man, right? Well, he might be here incognito. Get to fuck, mate. See if anybody comes and says to me, are you a Nazi? I'll be like, you're a damn fucking tootin', mate. What you got to do about it? <laughs> anyway, the point being, that, um a current dictator, a current madman, although is he mad, I don't know, I was going to say the, the current, uh, the best dictator, but that's Putin, come on now, uh, our good friend Kim Jong, Kim Jong Un, uh, he's he's made the papers, and not for anything uh, controversial, he's made the papers because apparently he's lost weight, the cunt, and everybody's fucking kicking off, it's almost as if you don't think there's a fucking global pandemic on, with new variants that are killing thousands of people that are even stronger and more resistant to the vaccine. It's almost as if that's not happening. And the national press, the world press, are going, what else can we write about? Here, Kim Jong-un's lost a couple of pounds, hasn't he? So he, uh, he appeared, I believe, at the UN. No, he didn't appear at the UN. It's just Kim Jong-un, UN. Shut up, Gibble. He's, uh, he's appeared on state television in Korea. And uh, he's lost a few pounds. Now listen, some people have put weight on in lockdown. Some people maybe lost weight in lockdown. And maybe Kim Jong just fucking lost some weight in lockdown. Get half the guys back. This is the other thing about being a fat person, right? See when we lose weight, 
you notice it on us because we're fucking round. We are balls, fat balls of dumplings, and he is a little dumpling. <laughs> Hello, little dumpling. God, I'd love to know what happens if you call him little dumpling. Is the little dumpling in? So the fat bastards lost some weight and every cunt's kicking off. They're upset. Uh, this article, New York Times. Fuck off, Metro. We're going to a proper paper here. The New York Times have, have actually written a full article about this. Um, headline says, Kim Jong-un lost weight. No one knows how or why. Maybe he's doing that fucking uh, Chinese TikTok video with the crazy bird that does the... Da, 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 the fucking bending the stomach in and out. Maybe he's been doing that. Or maybe he's fucking had a fight with the missus. Maybe he's trying to look after himself. Maybe he's looked at himself in the mirror during a pandemic and went, Kim, you're a fat bastard, Kim. What do they think's happening? Uh, North Koreans say they are heartbroken when they saw Kim Jong-un looking emaciated. Now, that's a stretch too far, but it's not like the North Koreans to exaggerate. The regime has turned the weight loss into a propaganda victory. As they do. Um... Seoul, uh, all they Seoul, all they have was TV footage of this watch. What? When North Koreans leader Kim Jong Un reemerged uh, this month after a four-week hiatus from public view, outside analysts and news outlets began studying state news media for clues to explain his latest absence. The thing is, he, he seems to do this all the time, and he disappears. Now, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Listen and gather in, children. Could be a lookalike. You know, he's uh, he's he's got he's got lookalikes, isn't he? This could be this could be he's kinda of one of the lookalikes could have lost a bit of weight. They've sent the lo- the wrong lookalike out. And now Kim Jong's in the house like You sent out fucking Peter, I told you he sent Franco, and now I'm gonna to have to lose weight because that's kinda of cunts kicking about pretending to be me for fuck's sake. Right off the bat they noticed that Mr. Kim thirty seven had the bus, had the bus, put a stop, put the brakes on, put a pin in that. Kim Jong-un is a year older than me. God, I have... I have severely underachieved in my life. Uh, Kim Jong uh, looked considerably thinner than before. All right, man, get off the guy's back. After comparing appearances by Mr. Kim on North Korean television in recent months, analysts noticed the brown leather band of his wristwatch look a few notches tighter. Oh, the wee chibarists are gone. Supporting the idea that he had lost weight. But that was as much as they had to go on. Mr. Kim's health, like the North Korean regime itself, is shrouded in such secrecy that experts are often forced to divine clues using pure guesswork. Did we have a health scare? Or did the obese dictator of the world's most isolated country finally decide to go on a diet? I would fucking watch what I'm saying. Cho Sang Hung of the New York Times because he'll find you and fucking chop you up, mate. These questions and the obsessive attention to mundane details like Mr. Kim's wristwatch may seem the idle prattle of celebrity gossip. But analysts say they must use every bit of information available to try and answer an even more serious question. What would happen to North Korea's nuclear arsenal and its people who have been taught to worship Mr. Kim if he's suddenly incapacitated? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, what's it saying here? Now, apparently he is £198, which I don't think that's a lot, is it? 
when Mr. Kim took over North Korea after the death of his father, uh, Kim Jong-il, remember that wee guy? Sorry, sorry, and sad and alone. Don't worry, he's not lonely. <laughs> Sitting on my little throne. I work really hard. I <laughs> oh, I love that wee song. Just me, so lonely. Poor me. Anyway, that was his dad. He's dead. Uh, died in 2011. He was believed at the time in 2011 to weigh 198 pounds, according to South Korean intelligence officials. But they said that Mr. Kim, about 5 feet 7, oh, fucking hell, bigger than Tom Cruise, uh, kept putting on weight. Why not, man? You're the fucking gaffer now. Weighing as much as 300 pounds last, 308 pounds last year, big boy. Big boy. Uh, his boyish youthfulness has been replaced by an often tired and puffy look, raising questions about his health and the future of the Kim dynasty. Mr. Kim has no child old enough to inherit the reins should he suddenly die. North Korea has been ruled by the Kim family for three generations. Are oh, you fucking gal? I mean, I think they just need Gaffy's back. I mean, what is this? Uh, Mr. Kim accompanied Mr. Moon. Who's Mr. Moon? Mr. Moon is the South Korean president. Ah, on a short hike to the peak of Mount Bukadu following the meeting in Pyongyang in 2018. We remember that. Uh, he was breathing hard according to video footage from South Korean TV reports. Mr. Moon hardly seemed to break a sweat. Oh, fucking hell, man. Aren't you running short of breath, Mr. Kim? Asked Mr. Moon. And later had a regular guy. I am fine, Mr. Moon. I am so envious of you, Mr. Kim said. Ah, oh, there you go. Listen, he's just a big boy, man. He's a big boy. He's got a lot on his shoulders. He's five foot seven. He's carried a fair bit of weight. A lot of it is midriff. And let's not be... I mean, the size of the trousers the boy wears as well. You know, that's going to put a few poundage on you. But uh, let's hope he's all right. You know? He's, he's one of the last great mentalists. Some of the pictures that are on this are fucking unbelievable, man. I often wonder what it's like to be in the the inner circle in North Korea. Like, I, I mean, I, again, I, I'm basing this on nothing. I'm basing this on photographs and some TV uh, news coverage. I bet you get a couple of drinks in Kim Jong. I bet he's a fucking cracking laugh. <laughs> I bet he is. I bet he can take a joke. <laughs> Oh, could be wrong. Could be wrong. All these pictures for like, the state performances, where everybody's just dressed the same, and they're all sitting in these like, these theatres, it just looks... It looks like something like a Quentin Tarantino movie. But it, but it is crazy to think that, <clears throat> and I know that the most of it, I'm, I'm picking up on the wrong point here, and I'm, make, I'm making fun of it, but the point being that the the North Korea itself as a country is so shrouded in secrecy that they literally something like him appearing looking as if he's lost weight when he's not appeared for a month is a huge thing. Maybe he's maybe they've got pelotons over there now. I don't know. You know? Maybe he's got a dog. Maybe Kim Jong's got a dog and he's been out for a walk. Maybe the wife says to him, Listen, I'm fucking sick. I go on top all the time you need to lose some weight, you fat bastard. You know, and he, and he went and he presses the button to have her fucking chopped up. He was got his like, I swear to God, I'm going to put your phones with your feet on your feet with your hands up. 
She's like, you're turning into your favour. He had them all killed as well. Whenever anyone says he was fucking going bald or he was shot, or they, and then they made fun of him on that fucking Team America fuck you film. Is that what you want to happen to you? Hey, Kim, you want to be like your da, fucking Trey Parker making a wee stupid joke about you, you fat bastard. Get your life sorted. And maybe he's just sorted his life out. You know? The watch has come down a notch. The face is looking less round. The trousers are getting tighter. <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new man. It's a new Kim. Who thought that would be the uh, the rebirth story of a COVID? Kim Jong-un's came out of this. A better man. You know? Maybe he's ready to talk to the West. Open up a bit more. Who knows? Anyway, good luck, mate. Maybe he's doing that old thing where he's going to lose an extra stone so he can put a stone back on again. I don't know. But Kim, hang in there, mate. I love a dictator. And after we lost the great Rab McGab, you're, you're, you're one of the good ones left, Kim. So hang on in there, brother. Hang on in there. Right, let's, let's end it. Let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening, as always. Uh, do subscribe to the show. Become a Patreon. Uh, it's the only way to access all of the content. There's going to be some changes happening in the podcast coming up. More content is going to be going to the Patreons. And uh, less will be coming out on the um, on the normal, the, the free channels, the control channels. So sign up. Become a Patreon. Support the podcast. Support your old dad. And uh, yeah, that's it. Share it, post on your socials, encourage people to listen, uh, do the thing. If you're coming on Sunday to the stand-up show, uh, come and laugh. Be gentle with me. I'm nervous. I'm ready to get back in the water, but I'm nervous. So I will hopefully see you all then. And uh, I'll speak to you all next week. Right, stay safe, wash your hands and your arsehole, look after yourselves, and I'll hopefully see you on a battlefield very soon. Watch out for Delta Plus. Almost. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.